0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. It's time to grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above us for the weekend. Hello, it's Friday and it's a big weekend. I hope everybody's ready because I have a lot to share with you this morning about primarily the only thing really happening the weekend, which is Jupiter in a conjunction to. Chiron for the first time in 13 years, and for the first time in Aries since 1976. So epic, right? Or sort of epic. And what does all of that mean for us? What does it mean for us as individuals? And how is it that we can best work through whatever it is that gets thrown at us over these next few years? Okay, so we're going to be talking about that. Uh, we always start with where the moon is. And today, the moon is in the sign of Libra, one of the better places for the moon to be. Of course, there isn't any bad place for the moon to be, just as about how we handle the energy. But the moon in Libra puts the focus on, on emotional equanimity in our relationships. So, the relationships we have with our most significant other, uh, the relationships we have with our business partnerships, or in any partnerships for that matter and how it is that we work through those things right what do we see in the mirror of the relationship that has meaning for each of us but now the moon isn't going to be in libra all weekend in fact she transitions out of there later this afternoon and then moves into the sign of scorpio where she will be for the entire weekend so we'll want to know both signs how are they affecting us uh but first let's say good morning to everybody All right. Good morning, Julie. You were the first one I saw out there. Treat yourself. Good morning, she says. And she says, good morning to me and everyone at Living Astrology. Christine Buckingham, hello. Debbie Tibbetts-Tumio says, happy Friday. Good morning, Tom. And he says, where were you in 2010? What were you up to? I don't know why 2010, but in 2010, in 2010, I decided I wasn't a good astrologer. (laughs) and I went and pursued a job with T-Mobile. Now, I love T-Mobile, but job, oh, my God, it was terrible. I spent almost every day after the initial training in my car crying because I realized I'd made a huge mistake. I did not know human design yet, (laughs) and so I had no idea that what I had just done was leap into the world or leaping into something new without validation from the outer world. And then I did it against my own emotional self, which was telling me no. The universe was even trying to tell me no. I ignored it. I just kept plowing through. I used my will to do it. And then realized that was in September. And I left there in December of 2010. So it didn't last very long, but that's what I was doing in in, in uh, 2010. Now, where was I in 1976? Well, I was still in school. I was probably a, God, What? how old were we, Tom? 1976, I think I was in ninth grade. So probably 15, 14 or 15 years old. So I was living in Southern California, going to school, enjoying life as a kid um Lynn Valcourt good morning and Amy D good morning Corey hello to you and Kamal it's great to have you with us this morning and Colleen McSpirit good to see you as well so if you are listening from behind the scenes and we don't see you a big good morning to you and if you want to you can join in the conversation either on Living Astrology Facebook page or on Living Astrology's YouTube channel. And that is how we get the chat, right? You guys can interact with one another or also send me questions or ask questions of one another, however you want to do that. So let's dive in, shall we? We have a lot to talk about and I hopefully can leave time, a little bit of time to draw a couple of cards for us for the weekend. Uh, So let's talk about the moon in Libra. So the moon today will go into the void. Remember there's a void about every few days when the moon is getting ready to transition out of one sign and into the other, it's technically speaking when the moon makes her last connection, her, her last new connection before she changes signs, okay? So that happens today, my time, West Coast time at 3.37 p.m., and really only lasts for about a half an hour, right? By 4.06 p.m., the moon has moved into uh, Scorpio and breaks the void, so it's not a huge chunk of your day that's going to be affected or impacted by the void. But let's talk a little bit about what we're closing out here in the moon's transit through Libra. We are working through relationships and partnerships, right? So that puts this focus or spotlight on the emotions that we hold between one another, right? Especially the most significant other in your life, who might be a spouse, or it might be uh, a close friend, or someone that you share space with, including business partnerships, right? Business, you know, I think what defines a close relationships is when you're intermingling resources and time and money and that type of thing where you have an agreement to be in said relationship. So a business partnership might include something like a contract or a partnership agreement and of course a marriage or a significant other agreement. Uh, is also included in that. So it can be romance or it can be business either way, right? Either however you look at that, it's about that relationship. And how do we balance our own selves in the context of that relationship, right? Relationships often serve as great mirrors to tell us what's going on within us, right? I know that when I'm irritable, then things that my spouse does irritates me even more, but it's not him. He's not doing anything other than being Terry, which can be irritating at times, of course. (laughs) I love you, sweetie. (laughs) Um, But it's me, right? It's not him. It's me. And I'm irritable for some reason, or I'm being triggered for some reason. So when the moon is in Libra, we have this opportunity to take a look at what is it that's going on within ourselves, but through the mirror of other people. And of course, there's also the whole concept of balance and harmony. Libra is the scales. And note that the scales never completely come into a balance, right? It is often when you leave a scale to its own devices, it'll often do this, right? It goes, you know, comes to rest without any tension to it. But when you are in balance, there's got to be something, a give and a take on each side of the equation just to make it work, right? Right. And oh, by the way, I meant to tell you guys this morning, if I get disrupted, it will be briefly, my son is sending a mobile mechanic out to my house to fix my car that's been broken. So uh, if I have to go, it'll be just briefly, I'll just mute my camera and run and come back. So hang with me in just in case that happens. He shouldn't need me because my keys and everything are out there. Okay, back to Libra. So Libra is, is also a sign of beauty it's venus ruled so we have this harmony that comes through beauty right we have harmony in relationships but we also have harmony in the uh, aesthetics of our um, environment of the way we decorate or you know how we put ourselves together that type of thing beauty and balance in art Um, sophistication. There's a certain amount of sophistication that comes with the aesthetically pleasing energy of Libra. I often think of the best feng shui people as being Libras, right? They just have an eye for what works and what doesn't work, what keeps it balanced, what helps the flow of energy through a room or a house or a building. And it's just amazing how they can do that. Now, along with balance and harmony comes the need for diplomacy. Now, this is where Libra gets its more political chops from, right? It is always wanting to be the mediator. It sees all facets, all sides of situations, so it's perfectly primed to be the one in the middle, the one that helps us see how each side works with the other. And as that's, you know, being brings up tact, the need for being tactful in our relationships, not just blurping out there the first thing that comes to your mind when you're irritated. Been there, done that, doesn't work out well. <laughs> right. The, other people will react to what it is that you do or what it is that you say. So it's also kind of about taking a breath, right? Not getting into that reactionary self. Now, when we look at the more negative aspects of Libra, one of the big tells about Libra energy is that they tend to give themselves away. So wherever Libra is in your personal astrology chart by house might be where it is you have a tendency to give yourself away or to say yes to too many things. Or to say yes, just to people, please, right? To to make someone else happy. And it has nothing to do with your happiness, right? So we have to watch that we don't give ourselves away um, during this time. It's great to have relationships, but a relationship is not in balance if I'm constantly giving myself uh, my dreams away in order to support yours. So we have to have that balance in relationships. All right. Now at 4.06 p.m. Pacific, 7.06 p.m. East Coast time, that's all going to change when the moon moves into the sign of Scorpio, where she will be for Saturday, Sunday, and early in the morning on Monday, we'll switch over into Sagittarius. But for all intents and purposes, the weekend, Saturday and Sunday will be the moon in Scorpio, where we have the potential for power and power struggles, issues around being empowered. Um, And personal ambition. And where is it that you might feel thwarted in your efforts to move forward with your personal goals, your personal ambitions? And yet in Scorpio, there is great perseverant energy. The emotional strength is being conferred on Scorpio in an even stronger way with the moon's presence in the sign. So wherever Scorpio is, is likely where you've needed to be perseverant in your life, right? Where you've had to stick with something, where you've had to have the persevering energy, the emotional strength to go through whatever it is that gets thrown at you. It is a sign of transformation and forgiveness and releasing. Remember, Scorpio likes to hold on. It's like the spleen in our human design. It holds on, holds on to memory, holds on to grievances, holds on to emotional hurts, holds on to love. It holds on to things, hoarding things even. So when we have the moon moving through Scorpio, we may have to address, what are we holding on to? What is the time to release? What is the time to free ourselves from, right? To let go, let God, let's be fun, let's have fun. Uh, Funny thing, yesterday, I was, uh, I'll have a new reading for people here shortly. I just have to figure out how to present all of this. But it's going to be about looking at your primary and your secondary life lessons. Now, uh, it turns out you can have many secondary life uh, life lessons, but just one primary life lesson. (laughs) My primary life lesson was lightheartedness. I thought, oh, God. So that's why people like Tom in my life, the Schwens, the Schwens in my life, the monkeys in my life are so important because I can get so serious. <laughs> I can be so serious about things and I'm here to be lighthearted. Interesting because that's also a um, an, a theme in my human design. So I'll be offering that as a reading if you want to learn what your primary life lesson is and what your secondary life lessons are, and how it is they are showing up in your life, because we go through that process too. Is it showing up in your family, and your friends, in your profession, in your spiritual philosophy, in your physical surroundings, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. So anyway, coming down the line. Now uh the transformational energy of Scorpio is huge because Scorpio is the only sign that has what I would say a triphasic sort of energy, right? It can move from the energy of the scorpion with the passive aggression of the sting that just comes out of nowhere, stabbing you in the back with a smile on their face kind of energy, or it can move up to the level of the eagle where the eagle from its higher perch can see the bigger, wider field, can see how everything fits together. So we're being asked maybe this weekend to raise or elevate our perspective Right to see things from the higher realms. And then ultimately leading to the uh phoenix, right? The phoenix, the highest expression that's possible with scorpionic energy when we choose to transform, when we choose to take that higher perspective and let it seep in and transform us, right? Transformational energy, which requires that forgiveness, which requires release which requires letting go of the baggage, the old grievances, the old beliefs, the old philosophies, right? It's a shedding process. Now, in Scorpio energy with the moon, we also deal with bonding. How do we come together? How do we merge our energies with one another? How do we deal with entanglement? new word here, entanglement. How are we entangled? When, you know, you see the effects of Scorpio uh, entanglements in divorces. By the way, Scorpio rules the eighth house and the eighth house can show us divorces, right? Divorcing ourselves from a business, divorcing ourselves from someone we've married and how the entanglement of all of that is difficult to separate Right. So entanglements are also a part of this. And how are you maybe unnaturally entangled with someone, maybe inappropriately so, or with resources, perhaps inappropriately so. And this gives you the opportunity to disentangle yourself. Now, of course, with Scorpio energy, we still have some things to watch out for because it is a sign that can go into rage, right? Just blind rage, fury from being maybe someone resisting their efforts to do something. Um, it could be rage that's lying, simmering within that just bubbles up, you know, that is reactive in nature rather than responsive. It can have paranoia and revenge and jealousy and resentments that all start to come up. And again, those would all come up because lying in wait, lying hidden, lying maybe just under the surface is all of the things that you have not yet released yourself from, right? So if those things come up, it's time to work through them to go gracefully forward, (laughs) to release, let go and be lighthearted, go back to joy, right? Go back to joy. All right. So let's see who else has joined us here this morning, Pam Zaruba and Joan Durchey. Great to see you both out there. And uh, let's see now, I, I want to spend a good deal of time today talking about the biggest news of the weekend, which is Jupiter's conjunction to Chiron. Now, I briefly spoke about that, I think on Monday, where we were talking about the mythology of Chiron and the mythology of Jupiter as well. And the recognition that these two were half brothers, right? They had the same father. Their father was Kronos or Saturn, right? So in the myths, we have them linked through a common father and a father that was trying to kill them, Right certainly trying to kill Jupiter. He killed all the other offspring, right? <laughs> Swallowed them. Um, but Jupiter was uh, taken away by his mother and given to uh, other goddesses to be raised in relative safety from the father, Saturn. And in Chiron's case, Saturn in a blind rage, kind of scorpionic if you ask me, um, went out dallying around and got the uh, the goddess Delira pregnant. She wasn't really a goddess. She was a muse and a nymph. And uh, he was in the uh, shape of a horse. He had shapeshifted into a, the, the shape of a stallion. And so from that union, Chiron was born half horse and half human. And then set in the worst of worst things, he was rejected by his mother, even abandoned by his mother. And so Chiron comes to represent the wound that we have of separation, maybe collectively, but maybe even in your own chart as we all have a natal chiron placement, and how we work to bring that wound and heal it, like to form the scar, right, that shows that there's been a healing. But as you know, scars are also weak points, right? Wherever you have a scar, it can open back up, and it can be having to be susceptible to rehealing, right? So we have kind of this motif here. Now, Jupiter's got scars too, but his aren't the same as Chiron's. Chiron was rejected. He was abandoned. He was marginalized, pushed out to the edges. But Jupiter, also called Zeus in uh, Greek mythology, he was ad- adorized. Uh, uh, he was set up on the highest pedestal. He became the sky god he was the highest of the gods right so he gets elevated to this position of being very uh seen in the world very much recognized in the world he represented in that respect the king of the gods right the king of of all and yet his half brother was sort of the king of nothing, right, of of all the wounds. So here, that's the, the mythology that, and there are other, of course, myths here about how he comes to, to find his healing gifts and uh, enter in the god Apollo, the sun god, who who happens to take him under his wing and gives him to, you know, teaches him and uh, brings him to master teachers that teach him the healing arts or the gifts of healing that are usually more in alignment with natural healing realm. So alternative or complementary healing, as opposed to allopathic or uh, the more modern healing methods. So it's a complex myth. There's a lot of different things to look at. But let's, let's break it down a bit. Okay, so let's start with, well, where is this happening? Because you're going to want to have your own chart because you want to look at this. And this is Jupiter conjuncting Chiron. Jupiter is technically speaking, the faster moving body here. Chiron moves slowly and interesting because Chiron, you know, Jupiter's um, orbit or transit uh, around the universe is kind of tied to Saturn, right? Because he's within the orbit of Saturn. It comes Jupiter and then Saturn, right? So Jupiter is still tied to Saturn in some ways. But Chiron is not. Chiron has an elliptical orbit. It's more eccentric. He moves between Saturn and Jupiter and then out into the outer realms and then back through. He crosses the orbital path. He is not tied to Saturn in the same way that Jupiter is tied to Saturn. So you can think about that for a bit, right? Think about what that means. So the exact conjunction will take place on Sunday morning at 14 degrees, 26 minutes of Aries. That is literally right on top of my midheaven at 14, 20 degrees of Aries. I I feel good about what I'm doing, the work I'm doing. So I can tell you that no matter where this is, this might represent a good healing time for you or an ability to really rein in all of your power and all of your wisdom and all of your instinct and move it in the right direction in your life. So keep that. That's the biggest thing that I think that we get out of this personally. Now, what this really represents is about our expanding our ways of knowing right? And remember in human design, I always talk about the three ways of knowing, right? We have logic, the recognition of patterns that repeat themselves and our ability to predict what happens next. Our intuition, which is body wisdom, it's born out of instinctual awareness. And then there's also pure knowingness. I don't know how I know what I know, I just know, right? Those all three are valid ways of knowing. Well, Jupiter and Chiron represent sort of the split that occurred between two ways of knowing, right? Jupiter representing more uh, of the reasoning, logical, intellectual parts of ourselves and Chiron representing the more ancient, instinctual, intuitive realm. And their coming together represents how is it that we bring both of those back into fullness? Because you don't need me to tell you that we have really sort of given away our knowingness to reason and logic and rational thinking and that in doing so we undervalued the more instinctual intuitive information right our minds took over from our bodies right our mind took over our intellect took over from our intuition or our body wisdom. So this really represents the reweaving of those two parts of ourselves. Now let's talk about the realm that each of these planets play in. So in Chiron's realm, we're talking about the intersection of our human and our animal roots, right? Remember, Chiron is half horse, half human, half animal. So there's the animal characteristics, the animal wisdom, right? The instinctual uh, awareness that animals have, and you, you only need to look at a flock of birds to understand how that plays out, right? If I open my front door, the flock of birds sitting on my front lawn fly in unison because they they sense danger, right? It's our fight, flight, or freeze. So Chiron's realm is really the intersection of the human, the the awareness of the knowing, logic, intellect, and the more intuitive, instinctual parts of ourselves. He represents nature and our connection to the natural world, the natural order of the world, the way nature works, nature and nurture, right? He is very shamanic. He represents the more indigenous aspects, right? If we go back to our ancient roots, the tribal, indigenous, instinctive, way of working in the world, of living in the world, kind of filled with spirit, and seeing and recognize the spirit in all things, animals, rocks, water, trees, plants, herbs, people, everything, right, had a spirit. And it sees, Chiron sees sort of that the natural world is sentient, right, that that there's there's a, a sort of native intelligence in everything, right? Everything has its native intelligence. And so he connects us to the time before logic took over, which before our modern life, right? The more modern humans. And he's the keeper of the ancient ways, the ancient knowledge, the ancient healing, right? So that's Chiron's realm. Now what's Jupiter's realm? Well, Jupiter is a sky god. He represents air. Right. Here we are in an air age. You could say Chiron represents Earth, the Earth age, the one that we turned our back on. And then out of that, what happens? Well, we'll talk more about how how that impacted all of us. And then Jupiter is the intellect, the mind. Right. He. Really, kind of comes to his realm is really more the modern world, um, the developed world where we have cultures, where we have progress, where we have philosophies, where we have religions, where we have organized ourselves around the mind, right? Or uh, the intellect, if you will. His realm is that of ethics, morals, right? And scholarship. He rules the whole idea of education, being a scholar, being a lifelong learner right? He's the search for meaning and purpose, right? Jupiter really kind of shows us the evolution of our consciousness and how we're evolving to become higher beings or to take that next, you know, step in our evolutionary progress process. Uh, He is, his realm closes us off in some ways to our more instinctual selves, the over-reliance on the things that we can see, the things that we are thinking about, as opposed to the things that we're feeling or the things that we are intuiting. And Jupiter brings us the experience, right? We go out in the world and we experience. And those experiences often lead us back to our more instinctual selves so fascinating, right? He starts out in this realm of the air, of the mind, of thinking, and of this modernity that we have going on in our world. But in the end, the experiences bring us back to our instinctual selves, or the lack thereof, right? Where did we lose that? So both, if we drew a line, where are these two, Jupiter and, and Chiron, bringing us? They're bringing us wisdom, The union of the instinctual and the intellectual, that's wisdom, right? How do we gain wisdom from everything that we are experiencing here? Now, these are cultural, societal, but you're also a part of that society. So you do have that that at play somewhere in your own chart, wherever Aries is in your own chart. It might be for you about bringing in your own unique identity, really teasing out who you are, versus who you think you are, based on what other people have pressured you to be. So don't think that this isn't about you either, because it is. But it's bigger. It's bigger than that, right? Okay. By the way, these two conjunct every 13 years. There's a sort of sacredness to that number, that connection, right? They bring us more of that sacred union between the two halves of ourselves, right? The divine and the human or the human and the animal, right? The instinctual and the intellectual coming together. So it's a really kind of interesting thing, right? To bring in that sacredness. The the transit of Jupiter's 12 years, but every 13 years they come into that conjunction. Okay, now, the last time, I think I told you this already, the last time that they had a conjunction in Aries was way back in March of 1976. Some of you listening out there weren't even alive then, right? Some of you weren't even alive. Chiron wasn't even discovered yet. Chiron was discovered in 1977. So it was the precipice of something new. It was the dawning of something. And the biggest news of that year that I could find was that Apple, in, Apple Computers, Inc., was formed or founded by Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak, setting us up for what would become, as we go on in time, a computer revelation, a computer uh, uh, revolution, kind of a big revolution, if you will, because it's really affected how we all work today. I'm coming to you live today on a laptop It's not an Apple one, but it's a laptop. Nonetheless, I could come to you live on my phone, which is an Apple product. We've come so far, right? We've come so far. didn't mean to throw my phone there. So we have to keep in mind that when they come together, something new is formed. Now you can even think about computers has, that's kind of intuitive, isn't it? I mean, like where does all this information come from? We have this interface called a laptop or a computer or a phone, right? But where does all the information that we can reach out and get come from? It's interesting to think about. I don't know. Anyway, but that was back in 1976. Now, if we look at what Jupiter rules and what Chiron rules, we'll get an, an idea then of how, we could, how we're bringing these two things together. So Jupiter, of course, represents growth and expansion. So in your astrology chart, your natal Jupiter is showing you the path of evolution that you're here to take. So wherever that is, right? By his transit, he's adding that facet to your growth and expansion. He's transiting through Aries right now. So he's bringing us all new seeds, right? Newness, giving us like bold courage to go forward in some way, shape or form. He rules optimism the optimism, the viewpoint that is bigger, larger, right? Seeing into the future, seeing what's possible. He strives for progress. He is a very progressive planet versus Saturn's more traditional, right? Holding us to more conservative traditional versus Jupiter's more progressive and the evolution and bringing order to chaos in some ways, right? Because Anytime we affect change, anytime we start to move forward, there's always chaos in the beginning, right? It doesn't all go smooth right in the beginning, right? We even have a gate in our human design that talks about that. Gate three is about the mutative energy and the change, which is change, which is transformational energy and the difficulties that are present in the beginning of that shift, the beginning of that change, the uh, trouble that occurs when you're trying to establish the new. We're there right now, right? We're right right there right now trying to establish the new out of the chaos and the craziness and the destruction of the previous years. There's fortune and luck and fate that is included in Jupiter. There's the philosophical and the philosophies, right? The belief systems. Um, religions, the spirituality, everything that you believe, your higher connection to God or source or the universe are all Jupiterian. It is about how we learn through experiences, right? He's where we go out in the world. We have to, we can't just learn from a book because Jupiter is the ruler of Sagittarius, which rules the natural world, Chiron's territory there's connection. And Chiron or Jupiter's part here is about going out and learning from experience, right? You can't be a doctor by just being in the classroom and and learning from the books. You actually have to go out there and actually put your hands on a person, right, a body, and to do, you know, to experience that kind of healing right? So experience. And he can also represent expansion gone wrong, right? When he comes into contact with some planets, things get magnified, amplified, we get out of proportion. So he kind of can be where things go wrong, where expansion goes wrong, which leads us to greed, to prejudice, to intolerance. Um, to and those things, intolerance, religious intolerance, racial intolerance, cultural intolerances, inflation, right? We're sitting here in an inflationary period, right? You can guarantee that that's Jupiter in Aries and putting this pressure and coming into Chiron, the explosion perhaps of how that is going to be looking as we go into the future. Extravagance, arrogance, all that kind of stuff also a part of Jupiter's realm when he is out of the ordinary, right? When he's out of proportion, when he's out of balance, out of harmony, okay? Now, what does Chiron represent? So Chiron represents the splits, right? The chasms or chasms that we have between spirit and matter, right? Between science and spirit, Um, between nature and psyche, right? The mind and he is the one who allows us to see or become aware of that split uh between our body and soul even right and how we're trying to come back to holistic medicine or we're trying to come back to holism being whole healed and healthy he rules letting nature become restorative to rest- let nature restore balance remember he sees everything in terms of nature spirits that everything has its own intelligence in some ways so he notes the danger of our repressing nature think about that for a minute how we try we build dams to hold back rivers and ultimately what happens there's a rebound effect Right? There's a dam in eastern Washington that was built back in the 40s, I think it is, 50s maybe, after, post-World War II. And in the building of the dam and cutting off of the water flowing down the Columbia River, they killed off salmon that grew to be 25 to 30 inches long. Big salmon. They couldn't make it beyond the dam to spawn. Right, So it, we have this history. Of trying to repress or bring nature into control and she laughs at us every time, right? We build along seaways and and uh, shorelines and then a hurricane comes along and destroys it all, right? We try to dam a river and we have impacts, right? We We dam one river and we dry up water further downstream, It's our, he notes the danger of our trying to repress nature, the natural world, and the impact it has on all of us. Okay. He is alternative and holistic in his healing. He is looking for the source of disease and not throwing shit at the symptoms, right? How many times do you go to the doctor and they are just writing you a prescription? Take this. It'll make it all better. Never once have I ever had a doctor, a a medical MD doctor, ask me questions that start to probe into the cause of the disease, the cause of the dis-ease, the underlying reason, right? Never once, never once. If you go in because you're having stomach issues, it's here, take a meprazole. Here, take this. That'll make it better. And That is not Chiron's way of healing. Chiron's healing ways are, let's look deeper than that. Let's look at it from a soul perspective. Let's look at it from a pain or wounding perspective from your life. Where did the wound begin? He's not just looking at the symptoms. And he also values the marginalized as he was also marginalized, pushed off to the sides, right? Put away from the mainstream because he was different. He was the odd one out. He was a centaur. He wasn't human and he wasn't a god. He was somewhat in between. And so he was pushed away. He was left, he was abandoned. He was rejected. So he comes to uh, become the valuer of those marginalized parts of ourselves those marginalized people in the world. Don't we see that struggle going on every day right now in our society, in our culture? And it's going to be bigger because Pluto's move into Aquarius next week, the 23rd, maybe not next week, the week after next, is also going to echo that, right? That's where the marginalized push forward into the center maybe, you know, our fear, I think, is that it displaces the center, right? The whole fear of sometimes some of these more militant white male groups is about their feeling like they're losing power. They're becoming, their fear is they're becoming marginalized, right? That's the pressure of the marginalized moving to the center, And in that new sort of world that we have, we're going to have to build a new society or social structure or culture that can embrace this being all together, right? So we have these groups that are being marginalized now um, and fighting back against that, whether it's based on race, sexuality, gender, gender. What country you're from, what culture you're from, what religion you're from, all of those kinds of things. So Chiron is really the representative of that marginalization or those people that are out on the edges or those things that have pushed us out of the mainstream that are now being brought back into the center or hopefully being brought into the center. Of course, that's all going to be a struggle. That doesn't happen easily. Right, That just doesn't happen easily. Now, Jupiter also, in the grander scheme of things, now we're going back to Jupiter, he rules our shared beliefs and the customs that we have, and our ethics and our morals and, and all of the ideals and values that we have as humans, and the need then for us to find common ground based on those things. The religious instinct, the 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 instinct that we have that there's something bigger, something grander in the design. um, And that leads us to sometimes, it it can lead us to intolerance of those things that marginalized groups, but it can also bring us together. There's foreign policies, right? Jupiter is the, the consummate Uh, in foreign policy or foreign connection he takes us into in the ninth house he rules the ninth house of your astrology chart he takes us into connections with people that are other than our own right so other meaning other cultures or other countries or other races or other uh, nationalities that type of thing Uh, Law and justice. Jupiter brings that in. He rules the courts. He rules the judicial system. Human rights. All of that is part of Jupiter. The educational system, right? I think likely with these two coming together, we're going to see big changes in the educational system. We're going to see changes and improvement in what's been deteriorating in our educational system, and you see the struggle. You see, you see the struggle now where some states are banning certain books or certain curriculums. And then we see on the other side going, No, you can't ban books. That's that's you know, repressing our freedom. It's a big struggle. You see it out there, it's in it's just right there for all of us to see, right? Publishing the ninth house. Sagittarius, Jupiter, all about publishing and dissemination of ideas, getting bigger ideas, new ideas out there into the world. Marketing and media are also kind of a part of that. And of course, we see that all the time. How many times lately have you gone to a website and down at the bottom? It says we use cookies to track your your um, business here uh, and you have to accept that. And sometimes I've gone to places where I have an ad blocker and it tells me, sorry, you can't go on unless you release the ad blocker. Why? Because it's all about the money. It's all about the ads, right? And getting their products in front of my eyes. And then Jupiter also rules prosperity and the uh, increase, right? Expansion of prosperity and abundance. Now, then Chiron also brings in the role of the outsider in the community right? The outsider of the, of, the, of the tribe or of the group or of the nation. Um, he also rules the agencies that work to bring those marginalized groups back to center, the disenfranchised, the homeless. Homeless is also a chironic wound, homelessness. Uh, the disabled, the traumatized, uh, the displaced, right? And in that, he also rules things like refugees, And migrants, big deal, big deal, right? When you have wars in countries that are torn, tearing each other apart, you have an influx of people that have been displaced, that are moving toward other places, other countries, right? To greener water or greener grass, greener pastures. And so He rules things like refugees, the boat people, remember back when Vietnam War was over and people would come by boat, Um, the attitudes and the policies then that countries enact about those people, right? There's a huge influx in this country of migrants from Central America. And how have we dealt with that? Well, not very well lately, right? So that we have it in there's an influx of Ukrainian refugees right now from the war-torn regions there. There was an in, uh, a huge increase of Syrian refugees at one point, which was really a part of the breakup of the uh, of the European Union, because some countries didn't want to take on the refugees. These are Chiron's realms, right? These are Chiron's realms. So the whole attitude toward outsiders due to race, due to gender, sexual orientation, appearance, disability, all of that is Chiron's realm. And then the attitudes that we adopt toward healing that or not, right? Healing it or not, whether we take preventive measures, are we looking forward? Are we facing forward and going, okay, what are we going to do? How can we help? Um, The medicine, natural medicine. Rather, you know, uh, an interesting news story that I saw the other day, maybe longer than that ago, uh, was was that Eli Lilly dropped the price of insulin. So it's more affordable. Remember, for the longest time, insulin was at like $600. Some people need that to live. And it had been like $5 or something. And it got inflated by drug companies that wanted to make a buck off you, off your disease. Right? Anyway, that's a chironic thing. Um, Chiron really rules that interface between uh, what we might call biomedicine, the more natural medicine world, and the pharmaceutical world, right? So how can we become more naturally? How can we go back to remedies that that are more natural and bring us in alignment um, with that, right? It also would be about the policies that we have in the medical community around those alternative healings, right? For the longest time, remember, if you had insurance, massage and chiropractic and alternative healing, naturopathic medicine were not covered under your insurance policies. Now, many policies include that level of care, where they did not before. So we're seeing some we're seeing some steps forward. Um, and Chiron also rules the medical practitioners themselves, including naturopaths and herbalists, the chiropractors, the acupuncturists, the Reiki masters, the homeopaths, the, uh, all the Ayurvedic medicines, all of those things that are um, not necessarily mainstreamed. So that, that adds, kind of rounds out the realms through which uh, these two operate. Now, I want to, you know, at another time, I think we can take up where we think these things might take us as we go into the next 13 year period. But I also think it's interesting to take a look at Chiron and Jupiter's conjunction in your human design and uh, how that is a part of all of this story about their conjunction. So Jupiter and Chiron are conjuncting in the heart center, which is also called the will center or the ego center. It's a center that literally only one eighth of the population has defined and that seven eighths then of the population has open. So they're taking in energy around will and ego and uh, the, the heart energy, and they're amplifying it and rebroadcasting it. And the gate that Jupiter and Chiron are conjunct at is the gate 21, also known as the gate of control. Control. In quantum human design, we've renamed this gate to self-regulation, right? In in contr- control gone wrong is when I am trying to control everyone all the resources, the outer world, the circumstances outside of me, when in reality, the only control I truly have is my own, my own control or self-regulation. So this is about regulating and the control of resources uh, for the higher good of all, kind of harnessing energy, harnessing money, harvesting time for use in helping serve the, everyone, right? The bigger, wider world. It is materialistic. This is where we are also dealing with materialistic goods, money, and the resor- other resources that we use uh, to trade, right? Those kinds of things. And it can be overly so, overly materialistic, right? Overly involved in controlling the flow of goods and services. So what are we learning? right? Let's bring it back to us. What are we as individuals learning? And by the way, in your own human design chart, let's see, do I have a human design chart handy so I can show this to you? Um, I usually do. Yes, we do. Here we go. This center right here is the heart center and the gate 21 sits right there at this point. And if we look at this through the gene keys, the center itself is the energy of ego in its lowest in its shadow, in the gift, it's willpower, positive use of willpower. And in the highest, you're going to love this one, it's surrender, surrendering control. Hmm. I'm not sure how that's going to go along. But you can see that that's happening in our world, right? We can't control things anymore. We can't control the climate. We can't control the banks. We can't control mortgages. We can't control the government. Uh, It's all getting out of control, right? It's becoming loose free, freer. All right. But what are we learning? We're learning how to let go and what to let go of, right? What is it that we're holding on so tightly to that's not helping us? Release it, let it go. We're realizing the need for our own self-control or self-regulation. We're realizing that I cannot control the outer world. I cannot control the president. I cannot control the armies. I can only control me and my response. And that's all there really is, is how I can regulate my own self in all of this. I'm the mistress of my own destiny here. You are the masters of your own destinies, right? it's about our learning to trust ourselves and trust support from the divine is always there for us, that we are worthy and of that support, that we need not do anything to be worthy of it. There's no need for us to go out and stress and strain and force. Instead, allow yourself to be the attraction of it. Mm-hmm. Release power struggles that are there based on our trying to control one another, trying to control that flow of resources, right? Food, gas, oil, water, right? Lots of things there. Uh, but you can start by releasing your own need for control and your own need for power. Now, what goes wrong here? Because in this gate, things go wrong, like in any gate, right? What goes wrong here is where we're trying to control other people. We're trying to control life. We're trying to keep everything so tightly within boundaries that we lose sight of perspective, right? We lose sight of of, of what's real, what's worthy, <laughs> what what are we, we, we lose sight of the flow of abundance. We damn it up. We build a wall. We cross it off our list, right? <laughs> And the hardest part here is the fear that we're not good enough, that we just don't deserve it. That's the part that can go really wrong here. Then you know you're in the shadow. In the highest expression in this gate, we have authority, authorship of your own life. There's great dependability and perseverance in this energy, being able to stick with something sticking with your truth, sticking with what it is that you desire, and taking uh, actions in your life that are in alignment with your unique role. Who are you here to be? Take those action steps more toward that. How do you express more and more of that? Uh, It is in its highest expression where we feel valued. We are recognized. We are respected. We don't have to force ourselves onto other people and say, you will respect me. Nope. Nope. We don't have to do that. We command that from our presence. We command that from the steps that we're taking, from the authenticity and the authority in which we live and work and play in the world. So, Good stuff, right? (laughs) We can really get to this point. All beginning with this Jupiter conjunct Chiron. Now, ultimately, like within a few days, this happens on the 12th, by the way. This is all March 12th we're talking about, which is Sunday. On March 15th, Jupiter leaves the gate 21 and moves into the gate 51. Now, Chiron is slower. He lags behind, but he too will move into the gate 51, shocking us if we're un. Willing to make changes where we've resisted coming into balance with nature, nature will show us she's really in charge. Where we've resisted healing and where we've resisted bringing everybody into the fold and viewing them all as equals, we will see blowback. We are going to see the marginalized hit back. Okay, so that's all into the future though. Now let's see who else joined us here and what questions people might have. Um, All the Merkin refugees coming to Canada. I don't know what Merkin is. Tom Merkin, Merkin. I don't know. Uh, Anyway, misfits rock. (laughs) That's a good one. Uh, I got to go way back here uh gala good morning to you she says hi galactic souls asa hello to you it's great to have you with us this morning natasha hello makes me go hmm i have a new guide jupiter he has always felt big yet shows me he is small in stature he has kept me centered in the big picture of life. I will engage with more wonder. That's a great option. Good morning, Irene from Sweden. It's great to have you with us. And now transiting, transiting down, going down, down, down. Christine says, my Chiron in Aquarius is one of my spirit animals. Awesome. Uh, OMG, 22 came up yesterday for me, not in a bad way, just making itself aware And I'm sure that is because uh, until Monday the 13th, we have the sun at gate 22. So we're dealing with grace. We're dealing with the mood that comes with grace, right? uh katherine worcester good morning she says of course i'm late to the party you're never too late to join in and of course this is on youtube recorded so you can always go back and listen to it from the beginning Lo, i keep getting invited to go on interviews and i keep making excuses saying i do not know enough that sounds like gate 48 right i'm not good enough i need to read another book i need to have another degree i need another certification but of course You're an expert because you've got life experience. Now, I can't imagine you're being asked to speak to something that you know nothing about. So have some faith in yourself that you have the right words, the right experiences to get to uh, share with other people. Treat yourself says it's scary, but we got to take risk. But I feel you on not knowing enough. That is a head space. That is a head thing. It is not the truth right? The gate 48, by the way, in your human design, in the I Ching is called the deep well. The deep well, meaning we have all that we need within us, right? I come on here talking to you guys every Monday and Friday, and I feel that same feeling sometimes of I don't know enough, who am I to be here, you know, talking about astrology. But when you start the process it's amazing what you discover you know when you step outside of your scaredness when you get outside of the fear there's this beautiful kind of sharing that comes out of you of what you know or of what you your experiences are we all have life experience so you are all qualified to share your experiences because they were yours and people want to know what are your experiences All right. Um, I'm going into the cave like a bear, right? Chiron does rule the caves. When in part of the myth, right, Jupiter rules, they're, they're both a part of Mount Pelion, the biggest mountain, I guess, in that part of the world. The one side is the side that is southern exposure. It gets sunlight and it's bright and airy. That's Jupiter's realm. The other side, the north side is more in shadow and is more Uh, dark, right? And so that is Chiron's realm. So it's interesting to see that they're half brothers, one ruling the dark, one ruling the light, one ruling the air, one ruling the earth, the instinctual, the intellectual. It's really a, a vibrant mythology when you think about it and it's all embraced within you. And we didn't even talk about yet how that brings us to Sagittarius, right? The consummate centaur in the sky with his arrow and uh, bow pointed at the central sun, the, the, the heart of the universe, the heart of truth, right? We didn't even talk about that, that connection yet. So we'll get to that, I'm sure. Uh, Asa, my soul Jupiter is gate 21. My design Jupiter is gate 51. So your soul is perfectly engaged in the correct use of control, the con- the, the use of self-regulation what it needs is the inspiration to move beyond that right the 51 is an awakener it is a shock and awe that takes you into new territory that wakes you up and goes knock knock and if you answer it's an easier path if you don't there's a pound 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 and if you don't answer then it's a i'm going to break through the door right So take that into consideration. So what are you feeling moved to do or to change in your life that you've been holding back in control? And this might be the time where you have to shift over into that new way of being. Pauline says my Chiron is in the sixth house with moon, uh, Capricorn and Jupiter and Saturn in Capricorn too. So I think you're saying your Chiron is in Capricorn. Is that right? I would think that you're, no, you're, your Chiron, your Chiron should be in Pisces, I believe, because you're about the same age as me. And that's where mine is. Six degrees of Pisces. Yeah, think about that. J-Lo, what line do you and, uh, oh, she's talking to Asa. Okay. Wow. It's nine o'clock already. I have a client at 10 and I've got to produce this video in between times. So I have got to go as much as I would love to sit and chat with you more about this. so. This weekend, observe how Chironic and Jupiter themes are showing up in your own personal life. Look at the part of your chart, the house, the area of your life that Aries is in, because that's where this power is coming up. That's where this shift to more instinctual or a balance between instinctual and intellectual is coming up. And we'll get together on Monday again, and maybe we'll take this a step further and talk a little bit more about that. But we also have a heck of a week coming up um, with a lot of changes and trans uh, transits and aspects that are happening um, that I'll also want to break down. So thank you all for being with me today. Thank you all for doing your part to regulate yourself in the world, right? to choosing to bring the marginalized into the center. Even the marginalized parts of your own self, bring it into the center. Be willing and brave to show your truth, all right? Thanks so much, everybody. Take care, I'll see you on Monday. Bye for now.